The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite of Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there was on the hillside a large herd of swine that was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found a man from whom demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of Gerasenes had Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of our Lord. and forgiveness in the midst of difficult family relations. This is a blessed Father's Day for us all. It is also Juneteenth, and Juneteenth is a day of liberation, a remembrance of liberation when General Gordon Granger sailed into Galveston, Texas, reading the Emancipation Proclamation nearly two years after it was written and a full two months after General E. Lee surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse, putting an end to the Civil War. This celebrates a day when the farthest reaches of slavery in our country at that time heard the liberating message that finally set right, at least in words, a great and gruesome national sin. 
On June 19, 1865, those deemed less than fully human were finally and legally set free from a demonic state of being, that which, to say the least, had removed and isolated and dehumanized them. And here's what we know in the family of God is that when one is dehumanized, we all are. And so the them becomes an us. We are all caught living less than God intended when we find ourselves in places where we are exercising that kind of violence against others. Notice, if you will, the state of the demoniac in our story for today, the one who is possessed by these demons, by this legion of demons. He is being stored. He is being kind of cast out. He's put with the dead. He lives, it says, among the tombs. He lives among the dead of his people. He's chained up among those tombs, as long as the chains will hold him anyway. And in fact, um, there are even guards around him at times to make sure he doesn't get away, that he doesn't get out of the place where he's been put. And when he does, because it seems he does escape, the demon doesn't drive him into the city to cause mayhem, but isolates him even further by chasing him, driving him out into the wild places. We know from our scripture that these are places of chaos and destruction, places of isolation. And yet when Jesus arrives on the scene, the one request the legion has is not to be isolated, not to be thrown back into the abyss. Contrast the good news and how it's received between the man and this legion of demons. Both are released from the abyss. For some reason, Jesus, uh, although he's got complete power over this legion of demons, they are, seem to be just totally obedient to him. He does allow their request and cast them in to the, to the pigs. Now, as a farmer, I have a little bit of problem with what happens next. Maybe you do too in the story, but that's probably not the point of the story, so I'll move on. But he cast them into those pigs um, and they immediately run off into the, uh, into the water and are drowned. When power is cast off, it seeks to maintain its control. Legion wants to stay around. But in the midst of Jesus' word of good news, Legion can't seem to handle it. And so what Legion did not want is what happens. With no pigs or person left to possess it seems they are cast into the abyss after all. And yet for the man who is set free from legion, there is joy. There is a desire to follow Jesus, and there's a call by Jesus for him to connect others to the story of Jesus' freedom in his life. Tell what God has done for you. In fact, he actually wishes to follow Jesus. He wants to make his community and his home with the one who has set him free. But Jesus sends him, and I, I would say Jesus sends us in a very similar way, to his own people, as a preacher, a teller of good news to the ones around him who it seems are still afraid, terrified even, so afraid that they want Jesus gone. 
They want to be disconnected with him. It seems that sometimes even when the world changes for good, just that change is resisted. This day is sometimes called, it's called Juneteenth, of course. The national holiday is tomorrow. Um, I guess so that we can get a day off work. <laughs> but it's sometimes called Freedom Day, which I didn't know when I came up with the title for today's sermon. It's Freedom in Christ on the slide, but it's Freedom's Day in your bulletin. I guess I couldn't decide. I guess they both work. <laughs> well, today is a well-named remembrance of a time in our history when a great wrong was corrected. And obviously there was fear and there was reaction to that moment of liberation. It falls on a day when we remember Jesus' liberating word to a man cast out and a community comforted by having him in his place. It's also Father's Day, when again, many have fond memories of fathers who have given them wisdom and love, a place to belong, strength, integrity, all of those kinds of things. Or they remember maybe others in their lives who were that influence for them. But freedom is not just for this day, this one day of remembrance. We carry freedom with us as Christians every day. We are all proclaimers of freedom as much as we are receivers of it. As we receive God's word of liberation today, as we receive this meal together as people of God, as we remember our baptism, as we come before God honestly at the beginning of our worship, something we don't do anywhere else in our culture. I think it's so unique that we come and we confess together as a community and then receive the freedom of God's word of forgiveness. You belong to me. You are my child. But we are all proclaimers as well. We are all preachers who carry this word into a world overcome and possessed by a legion of demons indeed. Demons that, de that demand and de of us and dehumanize and deny. And some of those demons are hard to shake or they're even hard for us to let go because sometimes they come to us in sheep's clothing. You know that song, I've heard about him, but I've never, seen, never dreamed he'd have blue eyes and blue jeans? Sometimes that's how the demons come to us, because we think they are things that give us worth, or give us identity, or give us purpose, or even give us life. But truly they are tricking us, they're twisting us, they're isolating us. And they can be hard for us to confront and even to let go, to hear and to embody that word of freedom that we receive this day. Others are overwhelming. We struggle, too, with demons that are hard for us to confront, hard for us to know how to control or how to cast out war and violence, refugee crises, uh, killings in our own land, senseless acts of violence, ways in which we feel like we are trapped in this system or that system. But the point of the story is not that the world will cease from imprisoning and isolating and even crucifying socially and physically. The point is that the word we carry from the word made flesh offers freedom even when the demons will not leave us alone. 
even when they seem overwhelming and overpowering. The word that we have from Christ does something to the demonic forces in our world. It takes their power away. Just as, Christ, just as, the, as Legion was overcome by just the simple arrival of Christ and his word, get out of him, that it's begging for mercy in the midst of it. It has no power left. It is overcome by Christ's word. So the same is true when we proclaim that word of truth, that word of freedom, that word of connection and inclusion for others. You know, the demon was called Legion. And that wouldn't fall on deaf ears in Luke's community or the community of Jesus for that matter as well. A legion was a very real demonic force of, over, of, of immense power over the people of God. A legion was a group of about 5,400 to about 6,000 soldiers. They represented the, uh, uh, in, in reality, militarily, the forces that would occupy God's people and would have that power over them. And so when Jesus casts out this legion of demons in this man, there's also kind of a symbolic sense in which this addresses the real problems and oppressions of our world. And so we can see that word being spoken even in our day today. I hear that word in Katie Shaw and her team and the Kitsap Ride for Refugees that's being kind of resurrected in our church and in our community, trying to respond in some way in this little corner of the kingdom to the, Christ, to the refugee crisis, both present and coming. It is in the widow who the day after her husband's memorial service writes, I just keep saying to myself, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. It is in the teacher who lovingly throughout the year crafts a classroom full of care and kindness for one another because she knows how much that matters in our world today and who sheds tears of both sadness and joy as those children move on to the next stage. It is in the politically and ideologically opposed members of the body of Christ who come to this font and this table as one people, identified in something greater than, their, uh, than, than the things that they practice in their daily life, identified as children of God. It is on the Pine Ridge Reservation where my uncle served for many, many years as Oglala catechist Nicholas Black Elk is finally being considered for sainthood in the Roman Catholic Church. He would have been a saint and a sinner every day in the Lutheran church, just saying. But anyway. <laughs> it is in the prisons, the women's prison in our, in our surrounding community, and in the men's prison where there's a congregation, in the worship and life together that so many have experienced liberation from the inside and especially from the outside. And it is in the story of a lawyer who used to go disguised as a successful businessman into countries where they had particular folks who you could meet with. And if you were building something in their country, you needed to have a sacrifice in order for that building to be successful. And so he would go and he would meet these folks and they would even go to the point of where they would, for the right price, they would capture a child and sacrifice it in order for your business to be successful. And he would root them out 
and then he would have them arrested. And they would go to prison, and it happened several times, and he was able to kind of turn the tide in that, in that nation from this terrible thing that was happening. But then he would go one step further. He would go into that prison, and he would talk to that person whom he had arrested who needed to face th that, you know, face the music and that accountability. And he would talk to them about Jesus. He would speak to the demons that they were practicing, the demonic ways they were practicing. He would speak freedom into their life through God's powerful word. And in almost every case, if not every case, they came to know Christ through that powerful word. In fact, he tells kind of a humorous but powerful story of how he came to visit one of those folks uh, in, in the prison, and he was talking to him, and he was telling him the good news, and, and he did, and he was baptized, and all of that. And he came back to that prison to give a speech and to talk to the other inmates in that prison. And uh, he introduced this man, and, and, and he was, you know, given permission to tell his story and all that. And then he was about to expound on the, on the wonder and the freedom and the liberation of the gospel. And instead, this man, after he'd been introduced, decided he, it was his turn to speak. And so filled with the Holy Spirit, he proclaimed Christ crucified and risen. And as this lawyer would say, he's like, he got a few things a little messed up. But in general, it was a moment of beauty and grace as the one who was set free, like the man in our story today, proclaimed God's word of freedom and set others free in the midst of a dusty prison. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a celebration today of freedom, a celebration of legacies passed on. But more than that, we carry a word of freedom. We carry a legacy of hope of liberation, of love. May it be on our lips and in our works. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.